Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Well, happy Friday to you, my lovely wife, Kimberly. Happy Friday to you, Robert. Hey, you know what we're going to talk about? What are we talking about? We're going to talk about travel. Yeah, yeah. It's my fave. You know, we get a ton of questions about our travel life. So today we're going to talk about how and why we travel the way we do. And you're going to learn a few things. You're going to learn how always having an upcoming trip has made us more focused, creative, and less stressed how our strategies of spending a month in Europe and not coming home to a massive credit card bill has saved our life, and our strategies to make the most of our trips and not come back exhausted and in need of a vacation. Yeah. So, you know, most people say they love travel and everybody's got a bucket list, but very few are actually checking off anything on that bucket list. We make it a priority. We We'll forego other things in our life at, you know, that are normal and common for keeping up with the Joneses. We will forego those things if we have to, to keep our travel life going. You want to make sure that your spouse is into it too, because we have literally built our entire life around the fact that we know that we're going to be traveling this much. So we live a certain way. We spend a certain amount of money because this is how many weeks or how many months a year we're going to be traveling. We're building it around it. I, I often equate it to how many cocktails I can get in Greece. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, it's, it's, you know, it's $420 for this shiny new thing that I, you know, my life is not going to be complete unless I have. And I'm like, you know what? That's like a couple of days of really living it up in, you know, on the island there. You yeah. Know? And there's so many times that we will honestly, I mean, we'll say, okay, well, we could, you know, move into this better place or buy this different car or whatever. And I'll say, well, we might not be able to go to Greece. So yeah, well, that, yeah, changes, that's, it. <laughs> that changes it for us. That changes it. So let's get started. All right. So number one, how longer travel makes us more focused, creative, and less stressed? Well, so for the first thing is, like I just said, we now travel for an extended period of time when we do take these uh, more extravagant, exotic trips. What we found was being away for just one week, you know, you're, you're taking the nine hour flight wherever you're going. It's a lot on your body. It's a lot on your bank account. And you're only there for like six days, let's call it, because some you'll have one or two days of travel time. And then you have jet lag and all the other things. You really don't get into your groove. You really don't start feeling amazing and really a part of it until like day five. My first tip is to make sure you plan to take at least two weeks when you go anywhere that is crossing a pond. I just don't think that you're getting the benefit, the full benefit of travel if it's under even 10 days mm -hmm. when you're crossing the pond. Yeah. I mean, the longer you're there, the more time you have to truly unwind. And the first time we went to two weeks, I was like panicked because, you know, we have an, a business, the physical business, and he was panicked. The following year, 
he came up with a strategy. I think I want to say you learned it from Tim Ferriss. I learned everything from Tim Ferriss. Um, <laughs> so here's here's the strategy. And actually, as you're telling the story, I'm going back. I remember right where I was when I read that article. I was not too far away from taking the next trip. Uh, the title of the article is The Art of Letting Bad Things Happen. It really caught me just at the right time. And the essence of it is when you take a trip that is going to be extended, bad things are going to happen. Okay. They just are, you know, your business may go down a little bit. There may be a problem with an employee. Something may happen in your home. You have to be willing to say, I am going to swap the experience of being away for a month in exchange for knowing that something bad is going to happen. Okay. That's conceptually. Now let's talk about the reality. The reality is the thing that you feared most was going to happen probably didn't happen. And there was probably a much smaller version of that problem. And in reality, every time we've been gone for a month, yes, something happens. It's never major. And then when I look back on it, I say, okay, well, like now we're getting ready to go to Greece again. I have dialed in so many systems to make sure that I've got redundancies in my business, that I am well protected from those problems happen. I mean, we have literally been traveling when um, staff has quit. We have had to hire new staff from a foreign country, literally doing interviews. And you have to know that those things may happen and it's going to be okay, just like you said. Um, The other thing is we don't pack in like 17 destinations into that two weeks. And I know people are going to say, yeah, but if I'm spending all this money and I'm flying over there, I want to see everything. And the reality is you can get a really surface view. Think about it like a cruise. You stop in the port for a couple hours and you move on. And if you just do one or two days in these cities that have been around for thousands of years, you're missing so much. You might see the David, you might see a Picasso, you might see a Botticelli, but you're not going to feel the actual environment and feel the culture and live the culture. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. I mean, I remember, you know, looking at the Mona Lisa or looking at the David. Okay, got it. Saw it, right? It's like going to the Grand Canyon. Check. Oh, whoa. As Sophia says, check mark. Check mark. Okay, <laughs> well, it's great. But the the things I remember most or the experiences that run the deepest are when we're sitting in a piazza in Italy and we're sipping an espresso and some, you know, some other couple is next to us and we strike up a conversation or we're walking through Florence at night and it's midnight and we're, you know, just walking through the streets and having, you know, stopping at a cafe for a glass of wine and talking about the magic that the trip is. Those experiences could not happen if you were going like, hey, it's Tuesday, it's Venice Day. Yeah. Like I want you to imagine, you remember um, European vacation, the Griswolds? I want you to imagine Clark Griswold where he was like getting his family, you got to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and everyone is exhausted and tired and whatever. This is what creates the stress of travel. And we see it all the time. We see people on planes stressed out and we see people walking around, you know, Rome stressed out and kids dragging. And that's not, that's not living. That's look, not, look that's kids. not a vacation. Look kids, big, big ben. ben. When we're on our last couple of days of the trip, 
we will sit down and map out the next one. And we don't just map it out. Often we book the air while we're there. And we'll get to booking air and how we do that. But we often sit with a glass of wine at a sunset and our laptops open. We determine the destination and we book the air. What I love about booking the next trip while you're there is you're still in state versus coming home being stimulated by your environment and just getting caught up, right? You got business, you got the kids, you got this, you got that. And then you go, ah, we'll book it whenever. But while you're there and you're calm and inspired and relaxed and going, here's where I want to go next. I want to do this. Book it, right? I believe that a trip happens when you have air. And well, let's get to that now. So the second thing we want to talk about is how do we do it? So this sounds great, Rob. You're going to take two weeks to a month off. And then on your last night, you're going to book your next trip. And that's all all sounds dandy and fine. But how the heck do I do it? Because I didn't win the lottery, right? And we've actually reverse engineered this with our friends. What I suggest is to get some sort of a credit card that has amazing travel benefits. Get some sort of point system credit card that you can rack up the points. And we put every single purchase possible that we make, including groceries and anything else, on our Amex because we want the points. Yeah, we so, put uh, we put Sophia's labor and delivery on there. We just wanted true story. To, we yeah, really did. <laughs> we just we just wanted to make sure that uh, we got the points. We got the points, and so we will put every single thing we can on there to get the points because having points to travel is a blessing, especially overseas because those can be expensive. So if you can rack up enough points in a given year to purchase two tickets or whatever you need to Europe, that's amazing. And you know, maybe you're bringing your family and you have family of four and you have enough points to purchase two and then you have to buy two or something along that line. What I would suggest there is a website like 1-800-FLY-EUROPE. They have um, inexpensive uh, flights and it's always been a really good place for me to go and see the flights. Uh, booking on Tuesdays. I know it sounds crazy, but it really does work for lower airfare. All right. So let's talk about hotels. How do we save some money on hotels? How do we plan for hotels? What's the tip for hotels? Yeah. So here's what we do. We find the hotel that we love. We always make sure it's in a great location because there's nothing worse than going to Rome and finding the cheap hotel outside of Rome and then having to do the 40-minute puke taxi ride into Rome that you're going to end up spending the money on anyway. So get a hotel that's within your budget that is in a convenient location. You can use sites like booking.com to get a general rate. And then what I suggest doing is having your husband... (laughs) Just kidding. I have my husband call and he will um, negotiate the rate. It's not so much that you need to stay in a very expensive hotel. I do think it's critical that your hotel is going to be where the action is. Location is really important. The other thing is, do you work? Find out how much it's going to be on something like booking.com or whatever. And then call the hotel. And even if it's in Europe, you know, for some reason or another, we think like we can't make a phone call if it's in Europe. It's uh, People freak out over it. Just go on Skype if you want to, you know, save a couple of bucks because that's that's what I do. Um, go on Skype, ask for the manager and say, hey, I saw this, uh, you know, on booking.com. This is how much the rate is. Can you do a little bit better? And very often they will because they're they're paying a commission to booking.com. Yeah. Uh, once you book, once you uh, check in, what do you do, Rob? When I check in... Well, I, I sit in the lobby and I let you pick a room because God knows he goes room to room to room. 
room. Some, sometimes I'm not happy with the room. You but think? Th- but that's, an, that's another conversation. Cher that's, is not happy. That's going to be when we have uh, our therapist uh, <laughs> as a guest on the podcast about why that happens. This one's simple. Just, um, you know, nut up and say to the manager... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's going to be the pull quote for yeah, this just, just nut up and say to the manager, hey, can you give me an upgrade? And just close your mouth just and ask. shut up and don't say another word. You're going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to think he's going to say, sure, I can do it for another $500 a night. They don't. And this is when, by the way, kindness goes a long way. So if you come in with a smile and you're kind and you're warm and you're friendly, you're going to get better service than if you come in like a crazy traveler and demanding things. So a little kindness goes a long way. All right. Let's talk about how we save the money before we get there. We have a little strategy for that as well. So we have two things that we do. Number one, with the hotel, once we know how much the hotel is going to be, let's say the hotel is going to be $6,000 just for round numbers. And we have 12 months to until we arrive. What Rob and I will do is arrange with the hotel that they are going to deduct $500 a month. We're going to split it up, divide it up by the number of months we have. So in this example, 6,000 divided by 12 is $500. They will deduct $500 a month for 12 months. And so when we arrive, we have paid our hotel in full. So funny that you're talking about this because I got the uh, the email. I know, I just Did saw you it. See it. I got the email from the hotel today saying they just charged the next month. Yes. <laughs> so um, that is really helpful because what we used to do, I remember, okay, so we have to tell this story. I remember being in Saint-Tropez. Oh, and <laughs> the Saint-Tropez story. The saint story. So when we went to Saint-Tropez, we uh, stayed in a beautiful hotel and we did not have this strategy in place. And I think this is actually where the strategy was born. We didn't have money in place either. <laughs> Apparently didn't have money in place. We did not anticipate the cost with the exchange rate at the time, which was ridiculous in Saint-Tropez. Give, and, give, them, a, give them an example yeah, of how much a cocktail was. I will. So here, here is the truth, okay? We went to this amazing little bar. They said you have to go to and have a pre dinner cocktail. And we were like, okay, perfect. I went and I ordered a glass of wine and with the conversion rate, it was 50 US dollars. And so I was like, no, 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 I don't want a bottle. I want a glass. And they were like, yes, ma'am, this is a glass. I was like, holy shizzle. This is going to be a long two weeks. So basically the next day, what we did was we went to a store and we bought the Saint-Tropez version of Two Buck Chuck Rosé. And we had like six bottles in our room of this inexpensive rosé. We figured we're like in wine country here. How bad can the local like just came from somewhere wine be? And it was actually pretty good. I still can't drink rosé to this day because I drink a little too much of it. But you know, we made it happen. Um, Another thing we had to do on that trip was after the first day where we had this amazing, you know, Rob loves to plan everything. There's nothing better. I mean, this is in our Jet Set Life days where we're creating guidebooks and all of this stuff. And Rob has every lunch and dinner planned out meticulously, the best of the best. Well, the best of the best in Saint-Tropez was costing like $400 for lunch and then another $400 for dinner. And that wasn't going to work out so well. So we made a rule that we either had lunch or dinner. And then at the other time we had a ham sandwich. (laughs) True story. I'm not even kidding. I I tell you what we did with the, uh, with the wine. I'm actually remembering this now. We had the, uh, wasn't Ivanka Trump at our hotel and we were going into our room, pouring wine and coming. Ivanka, I remember this. Ivanka Trump. No, not Ivanka. The The mother. mother. The mother's Ivana. 
Whichever, the mother, yeah, the mother. not the not yeah, the daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was in a hot pink outfit with a purple with a pink cowboy hat. Yeah, it, I'll I'll never forget that. And we're walking in from Costco with the rosé, <laughs> like French Costco. With we're w- telling the staff that we just went to a winery, but okay. really we went we're to really like the with dollar two, store. Two dollar bottles of wine coming in. And then I'd smuggle the bottle of wine to the pool, okay? And so I would, and then when I needed more wine, the waitress would come over and I go, no, I just water. But every time she came around, there was another glass of wine. And she's like, looking like, where the fuck is this wine? Like, I'm not giving him this wine. Where is it coming we, from? We and I'm like going back to the room, you know, half drunk and getting another <laughs> bottle of wine. We drank a case a case because we weren't but it only cost us $24 <laughs> we had to pass the checkout counter to get in our taxi to go home but we weren't sure if the credit card was going to work oh, you yeah. remember that one I do oh my god it was so bad and we we lit, looked at each other made the sign of the cross and just went and he looked at me and I, I looked at him. I remember getting in the taxi and looking back at the front desk as we were pulling away, <laughs> trying to see if somebody us. was like waving after us. <laughs> yeah. So after that, we decided we were not coming home with this massive bill ever, ever again, because it would take us months to dig us out of that hole. And so what we decided to do was pay it in advance. So we could have easily said, we're not going to Saint-Tropez ever again. We're not going to do something that's amazing ever again like this. It's just too expensive. And instead, we asked a different question. We said, okay, we really, really love it here. And we really want to travel in this way. If we were to do it again better, what would that look like? And that question allowed us to create a brand new strategy. And in that strategy, it made things so much easier because now when we arrive, it's prepaid. It's prepaid. And that's our first strategy for money. The second one is every week we uh, save, we have a travel savings bank account. It literally is titled travel. And we put money every single week into the travel savings. And that money is used for spending money when we're there. She breaks it down and she puts inside of the envelopes, she puts traveler's checks. And the traveler's checks are only allocated for that week. So let me give you an example. Let's say you get there on Monday. Well, let's say it's Thursday and you look in the envelope and there's dust, right? (laughs) There's crickets. Well, then you have to figure out how you're going to get by with the last hundred euros that are left in your purse. Well, I guess it's going to be, and if it's France, it's going to be jambon, which, yeah. is, a, which is a ham, <laughs> ham sandwich, sandwich, right? And then so we had to put in much the same way the stock market puts in curbs, they call it, to make sure it never goes down too far where they halt trading for a little while. Those are the curbs that we put in place when we're traveling for an extended period of time. Okay, kids, you spent way more money than you're supposed to. You're going to have to sit in the timeout chair <laughs> for the next three days until we start this again on Monday. That's going to lead us perfectly into our next one, which is our tips to make the most of your trip and not come home completely exhausted. How many times do you hear, Rob, I went on this vacation and God, I need a vacation for my vacation. All the time. All the time because people go and they they don't take care of themselves and they, do overext- they overextend themselves physically financially, all of it, they come home exhausted. So we have some strategies that again, we're like professional travelers at this point that we've built in. And the first one is water. So water, I don't know if you've ever looked at a bottle of water, you'll get like the Aquafina water bottle in the hotel and it's like $8. And that just seems crazy. One, two, 
how many of those are you really going to buy and drink? Probably not a lot. So most people on vacation drink more alcohol and they drink less water. And so we have a fix for that. And one year, I remember we were in Greece and we had our scooter and Rob was drinking all the water in the room. And I was like, dude, we're going to have hundreds of dollars in water bills if you keep doing this. And so he said, I'm going to go to the store. And like Borat, he got on his scooter and he drove down to the store and he got six liter, like two liter bottles or whatever well, of water. You got to reverse that. <laughs> I drove on my scooter in a very sexy European way. And then when I got the water, I looked like Borat. True. Don't, don't put me in like Borat leaving yeah, my hotel. No, you People looked- are be like, what is he wearing? Like a, 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 unita- a unitard thong <laughs> no. going down? The, like what was... <laughs> no, you looked, you, you looked very La Dolce Vita leaving and yes. you looked a little like Borat yes. with water I- all over. You on the way back. Sunglasses. It was beautiful. So, so hydration. So, Rob, talk about hydration because you're the king of this. All right. Look, here's the deal. Like Kim said, you're going to be drinking your ass off when you travel. You just do, right? You've got wine for lunch. You got cocktails for dinner. You're probably not exercising as much as you need to. And for the most part, you're likely sitting in the sun, right? So now you're super dehydrated. You're super hungover. You don't want to change your life to be like a vacation life and a home life. You want to be able to have the same systems that you have set up at home to be your best self when you're on vacation. I do the best I can to drink a gallon of water a day because there's lots of nutritional reasons for it. So I try and adopt that same strategy when I'm there. So the way I do it is You basically waterboard yourself. Well, I I do. I do. So I bring my, um, my 40 ounce water bottle and the moment I wake up, I force myself to drink 40 ounces. There's the waterboarding, but I know that I can handle 48 ounces. It straight up looks like waterboarding. Without my kidneys exploding, right? I can do the 40 ounces. Then I'll go down and have some breakfast. And after breakfast and a workout, and I started implementing more working out on this last trip, I'll do another 40 ounces. Now, what that leads to is friends thinking that I have some kind of diabetic problem because <laughs> or I'm- kidney infection. Because I'm literally- peeing for the next three hours. So you'll have a conversation with me and I'm peeing, I'm peeing, I'm peeing. Okay. This is important because hydration is a key factor in exhaustion. So when you feel exhausted, often you're just dehydrated. And so coming home in the air after drinking all the water, I mean, all the alcohol in the sun with the food, all of that equals dehydration, which makes you feel like shiitake. And then the last thing I'll do is I'll do the remaining 40 ounces after I've let that sort of get out of my body right before we go out that night, because guess what's going to happen? We're going to go out, we're going to eat foods that we're not comfortable. We're going to eat foods that we're not used to eating and probably more of it than we should, probably desserts and definitely alcohol, right? So I mitigate what I know is going to happen by getting an additional 40 ounces in before I walk out the door, which basically means I'm peeing all through (laughs) dinner again. And then the next one for all you parents out there is book a babysitter. You don't have to have one every night. You don't have to travel with a nanny if you don't want to. But when you bring your kids, you know, if you're traveling for two weeks with your kids, they're going to want to break. You're going to want to break. And it's nice to enjoy some of these environments in complete adult time. So usually your hotel can recommend a great babysitter. Sometimes people at the hotel will even offer to babysit and you can keep up with them on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. Either of those work. And we have had babysitters in many countries 
And it's always worked out great. And I know there's someone's going to tell me this horror story about traveling and whatever. For the most part, the hotels have really, they want you back. They want you to come back and they have really amazing um, services that can help you out. So here's what I learned. If you want to have a life that is extraordinary to you and you're doing the things that you want to do, then there are strategies that need to be put in place to make those things happen. And using these strategies are going to help you. There you have it. Our travel tips. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.